episode of the Why I Love Disney podcast. We are here between that no man's land, actually one of my favorite times of the year, after Christmas, before New Year's. Oddly enough, New Year's is one of my favorite times, but we are here bringing you another episode during the holidays to talk about all this. JD, David are with us. How are you guys doing? Doing great. Ready for this episode. Doing great. Well, first, before we get into the episode, I got to know, how was your holidays? How was your Christmas time? It was great. It was actually my birthday on the 28th, so my family oh, no. celebrating like crazy. You're you're a Christmas birthday. That's right. I'm a yeah. Christmas. Birthday. So let me let me ask you. This is the big controversy. Like, right. do you get skimped? Do you fall? Do you you think you get cheated a little on the presents yeah. through your entire life? Do you yeah. feel like you've always kind of missed out a little bit because yeah. it's so close to Christmas? Yes. Yeah. So here's the hot take about December birthdays, and you'll hear a lot of things because you'll have a you know a December first baby who thinks it's the same as a December twenty eighth birthday, such as myself. It's not the same. There's many great positives i get to see my family i don't have to go to school but i i mean ever since you know i can remember getting presents it's always oh this was a this was a nice big gift so it's going to count as your birthday and your christmas and that's been my life that has been my life my parents, it's not my parents my parents are great it's more extended and family and you know friends like that parents great my parents always bless me no problem there but you're not complaining. You're not, not complaining. complaining. I'm yeah. ultra blessed, super happy. Yeah. But it is the story of that is the story of my it's life. It's a factor. Yes. Even, and I mean, that's I'm, hilarious. I'm a December. Go ahead, Dave. I'm a December birthday as well. His mom's a December birthday. I'm nine days before Christmas. She's four days before Christmas. So even even though it's even if you if you have a great birthday, it's just so close to Christmas. It just gets it's a part of Christmas because you know you're. Everybody's got Christmas decorations, Christmas music. It just—it's hard to feel like you know it's your—it's your special time because it's a bigger thing is going on than just your birthday. Yeah, so I—I I got it. I party hard for one week out of the year, and I celebrate hard, and then it's got to last me 365 more days. <laughs> so that's how we roll here. I got you. Actually, Soren, who was on the last podcast, his birthday is the 28th. Also, y'all share a birthday. No way. So, um, yeah, he turned 10. He's what? 10 years old. That's crazy. And um, and little Disney, I'm going to ask you guys this in a second, yeah. too, but little Disney um, move in that is that he is, because of the Mighty Ducks series, he has become obsessed with hockey. And, of course, we live in a place where there's not a lot of ice and a lot of opportunities to do that. So for his birthday, um, he wanted um, hockey jerseys and garbs. His favorite team is the Tampa Bay Lightning. Because okay. I grew up in Tampa, probably that influence. But we took him ice skating on his birthday, and he absolutely loved it. So wow. there's some Disney influence, Mighty Ducks and Emilio Estevez. Oh, and for Christmas, he got a Gordon Bombay um, um, Funko um, bobblehead wow. for his for his room, and he was that was one of his favorite gifts. Like wow. he has it up there. Wow, it's pretty cool. Big. So that brings me to my next question. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Dave. John David. You guys might be the biggest Mighty Ducks fans I've ever heard of. That's awesome. <laughs> they love it. They they absolutely. I, I love it too. I love it too. It was just kind of a part of my childhood. You that came out in the early nineties, I think maybe maybe even late eighties. I can't remember. But um, but question. So, Christmas gifts. Did you guys get anything or give anything Disney related? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yes. I. You know, me and my wife, we've been going to the parks as much as possible. We got. Um, my sister, she actually collects these Starbucks, Starbucks mugs. 
And at the Starbucks, the Magic Kingdom on Main Street, they had collectible 50th anniversary Magic Kingdom Starbucks mugs. So I got my sister that. I got, of course, I got dad some. He's going to be repping his new uh, Disney World tees. He's repping it hey, right he now. He gave me this one. Hey, all right. Yeah. There you go. Right. And if you're if you're just listening, you can go on YouTube and see this. You can see the new new T-shirt. Yes, our, our Christmas is full of Disney for sure. My wife this year... Uh, decided to get everybody a disney game so everybody got we got disney family feud uh disney yeah. one called geek out disney topia or something Pictopia. like topia so a lot of disney games we, we, uh, headbands a disney headbands, headbands. Disney. um so yeah they she, so found, she went on a disney uh, game sale hunt <laughs> and uh everybody got some disney game that uh we've all played we played all the games yesterday yeah that's super cool. What's the one where they the code is it code name or code? code you seen that one? Really good. That that's, is that is actually probably our family's favorite game, and it's code names is just a regular game that anybody can play. It's, it's not a Disney version, but we own the Disney version, yeah. and it's a perfect family game because what it is is you got a bunch of cards laid out with Disney characters, Disney places like that, and you've got two teams, and you have you can give your team one word, and they've got to guess what cards you have that so it's kind of like a guessing clue fun game where you're trying to read your team's mind and it's really fun but we, we played another well, game one of the new ones we got was uh called geek out disney version mm-hmm. and so it when we first looked at the cards it it looked kind of basic it, i mean i mean if you're a disney fan you probably would know most of these but it might it may say something like uh, the question might say name a song from moana okay but then and part of the game is you bid and you go. So it's kind of like uh, every okay. might be like, well, I can I can name a song from Moana. And the next person might go, I can name four songs from Moana. And then the next person might say, I can name seven songs from Moana. And so everybody gotcha. drops out. And then the person who bids the highest has to follow through and get all the get everything right. Or it may be like. Um, simpler, it might not be songs, it may be other things well, like that. One of the biggest ones we had, and I'm patting myself on the back here, was <laughs> it was ca- can you name one friend of a princess? So then the bidding goes around, you start with one. We went all the way up to 31. We bid up to 31. Whoa, me, you got the 31, and it was it was tougher than you think. We we were. The fun, the interesting thing about this game too is there's no actual answers on the card, so you kind of have to plead your case if your answer is correct. Yeah, and fact check it. All so people could be like, "No, it even says, I, yeah, I got it. you." Like we had to debate. Like somebody had thrown out some Greatest Showman, and we were like, "Is Greatest Showman Disney?" So we're going back through to like, Google and see oh, if things are. It's like, oh, Disney bought it, or Disney owns it now, or Disney, you know, produced it and stuff like that. So it was a lot of fun. Yesterday was a really fun day. That's. Awesome. So if anybody was wondering, uh, it is now verified the fandom of, of these guys, of all of us. Um, when you can name 31 princesses friends, yeah. that's that's insane. That's insane. That's really impressive. We got the code name game too, the Disney version and the Harry Potter version. Oh, wow. So maybe a great episode would be we open that up and we have it, we play on on air yeah, for our podcast. Yeah, maybe, maybe that, that could be, be really cool. something we do. Yeah. I've I've wanted the Harry Potter version. That's a I've, I've thought that would be a great one to play. That sounds as well. fun. Yeah. I haven't played it yet. It's still in the box. You know how, it, you know, there's so much stuff going on. But um, 
man, our kids have had a, had a blast um, to we did. I'm, I'm sure there are plenty of Disney gifts involved. Lots to do with Marvel. Um, actually, my youngest wanted Shang-Chi rings. Mm. Right. Wow. And the weird here's here's a little complaint I have. So they do make this. There's the toy, the Shang-Chi rings. It shoots out little discs, little, you know, kind of deal. Mm -hmm. Um, But if you buy one, it only comes with one arm, which is five rings. So to get the full, (laughs) you got to buy two of them. Now, this dad, who is a fan and knows better, got two. (laughs) So he was had the ten rings instead of the five. There you go. But whoever makes that, you need to like some grandma went out to get their grandkid, you know, the rings and some kids are running around with five rings. That ain't how it works. It's Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Get this together. You're messing things. I know that's a little ploy to make more money. Whoever Hasbro, whoever licenses this stuff out to make these things. But you need to have ten rings. Ten rings. And for anybody listening, if you only bought your kid five rings for Christmas, you need to go out and buy another five rings so they have the complete the complete setup. That's right. Hey, we another, another a member of our family got uh, the. You have, have you heard of Villainous? The Villainous games. Have you seen? Them? I've heard of them. Yes. So there was the new. Um, there was the new one. There's, they do. There was the original game, and then they've done several supplements to add more villains. Then they did the Marvel version. So then this year, the Marvel supplement came out where you could get Loki. And so, uh, okay, one of our one of ours wanted uh, the Loki game, so we had to we had to eventually get it from England because it had sold out here in in the states. So we had to get uh, a relative in England to get it to us. <laughs> That's pretty cool. And I think, too, like why we love it, like we've never even mentioned the world of board games and and all of this stuff like there. there and there's so many we could think I could think through the years of just having different Disney board games and different things that never even occurred to me that it was just part of life. And and just going with that, I love this conversation. Maybe we could do a podcast on that, too. And, right. and it'd be something to talk more about. Well, and there are a lot of games like we my wife was asking the other day, she goes, hey, do we want the Disney version of this? And it's not, there's really nothing different about the game. It's the same game. It's just like Monopoly. Just it a, just looks like Disney care. I mean, I'm not, I don't even know if that one exists, but yeah. there's some of the games that are classic games where they put Disney characters in, but then things like, uh, there are some that are just completely originals. Like, you know. Yeah, but mm-hmm. Disney, I mean, when you create a Disney version, I mean, I think about code names. We probably would have never played Code Names if they didn't make a Disney version. Yeah. So it's just it's a fun th- way that it gets everybody in the yeah. family that they can relate to the game and it makes us want to play it and it brings us together. You know, so it's kind of a fun way that you know Disney can come into the house in a different you know form or fashion. And it's really fun. You know. Totally. And speaking of Disney coming into our houses, <laughs> um, we are at the end of the year, and and I, we I, we thought we thought our listeners would love to hear our takes on some of the best of Disney, the things that came into our houses and the things we went and saw at the theater, the best Disney movies and best Disney TV shows that were released in 2021. And to be perfectly honest, to be perfectly honest, we were talking about this just before we hit record. We we had to go Google. It's been a long year. Like It's crazy to think about how some of these things came out in 2021. It seems like it was three years ago. So we had to cheat a little bit and not just doing this all the top of our heads. We had to go get a list and see, oh my gosh, this was in 20, this was this year. Um, but I'm excited about this because it seems like we were partly pandemic still, but things were still opening back up. We got out to a little, life was a little more normal. So maybe I didn't consume quite as much as I did in 2020, but 
There's still a lot. Yeah. So, J.D., why don't you kind of take over here? I know you've been yeah. thinking about different categories we could talk about. Yeah. What were some of your favorites, or what do you think? What, maybe you could throw out some things for us, and David and I, we could kind of shoot some of these things out and tell us what some of our favorite categories were for this. Yes, I've got so year. many favorites, so many fun things. And just because we had this little wow moment before the show of like, oh, my gosh, how much has come out? Dad's got a list here of all the movies and all the shows and some of the biggest things and some of the dates. So I think we should just list a couple of them or all of them just so our listeners kind of get that aha moment like we did of, oh, my gosh, this came out this year. So, Dad, will you, will you list some of those things sure. off real quick? And some of these things were – they were meant to be theatrical releases, but I don't think – some I don't know that everything made it to theatrical because of the pandemic. And then some, uh, you know, I, I saw on Disney Plus because we didn't want to go to the theater yet. Yeah. So, well, well here, but here, here were the major movies uh, releases. Uh, Raya and the Last Dragon on March 5th, Cruella on May 28th, oh, man. Luca on June 18th, a Pixar animated movie, Black Widow on July 9th, Jungle Cruise on July 30th, Shang-Chi on September 3rd, uh, an, an animated movie that's not considered a Disney release, but it's Disney-owned called Ron's Gone Wrong. came out in October of, 20, October of 2021. The Eternals, November 5th. Encanto, November 24th. And although it's technically a, a Sony release, it's the Marvel Universe and overlaps. It's Spider-Man No Way Home came out in December. But here, here's a list of shows and movies that hit uh, Disney Plus this year. This isn't this isn't everything, but these are some of the biggest ones. WandaVision, uh, January of 21. Uh, a movie called Flora and Ulysses, which was based on a really popular children's book, came out in February 21. Falcon and the Winter Soldier premiered in March of 2021. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mighty Ducks, March of 2021. Star Wars, The Bad Batch animated series came out in May. Loki, June 9th, uh, another series called The Mysterious Benedict Society, based on a really, really popular children's book, came out in June, June of 2021. Uh, a new Pixar series called Monsters at Work, based on the Monsters franchise, came out in July. An- another series I haven't seen yet, Turner and Hooch, came out in July. Oh. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Marvel series called What If, started in August. Another Star wow. Wars series, animated, anime-type uh, show called Visions, came out in September. Uh, this one, uh, I don't know if you guys have seen it yet, but Muppets Haunted Mansion came out in October. Seen it? There was a ton of <laughs> a ton of merch for that. I was blown away by how much Muppets Haunted Mansion stuff came out. It sold out, like, immediately. Uh, mm-hmm. In November, get, get, gearing up for Christmas, a new Home Alone movie called Home Sweet Home Alone came out in November. Uh, uh, a docu-series, a Disney docu-series called Adventures Through the Walt Disney Archives came out in November. And then, of course, the, the Hawkeye series started in November as well. And then yesterday, The Book of Boba Fett uh, premiered on December 29th. So those are that's a look back at some of the things that came out this year. Well, and there you go, everybody. That was everything that came out in 2021. Not everything, but a lot. <laughs> a lot of things that came out in 2021. So hopefully you heard your favorite from the year. Just to kind of kick off of uh, wrapping this year up, I've got a couple of questions here. We're going to kind of shoot and fire, and um, I'm interested to see what you guys' favorite movies and shows. Um, so the first question, a little rapid round, is we're going to do what 
was your favorite? Okay, so for this, actually, I'm going to say your top two favorite. Oh, well, because I think I might know what your both of your top number one is. So I'm going to say your top two favorite Marvel movie from this year. Top two. All right, so that's counting. Uh, and we're going to count Sony. Black Widow, Shang-Chi, uh, Eternals, and Spider-Man No Way Home. And Spider-Man. Yeah. So we're out of four. Yeah. Only movies. When there's no series in this yeah, at movies, the moment. Just movies. All right. Well, my, I, I, the, the obvious one, yes. our, my favorite, and I know David's going to say the same thing, is, is Spider-Man No Way Home is probably the best. Number one. Right. Like, yeah. it's just kind of epic, and the scale the scale of that was, we you know, talked about that a whole lot. Um, so, would you agree with that, Dave? I don't oh, want to oh, steal your thunder. Yeah. but I, Definitely the best. And the most, to me, the most enjoyable the most fan enjoyable. I mean, just a really good movie, epic in its feel, and but not heavy like epic. I mean, it's, it's just across the board had everything. Yes. So nobody's suspenseful about this, JD. You're going to say the same thing, right? That's your top Marvel yes, movie. Yes, it's up there for all. By a mile. Yes, it's up there. All time. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it would be in my. It would be in my. I think my all-time Marvel. Yeah. Okay, so I've heard that's made a lot of people's list. Let me hear the number twos then. All right, all right, David, you go first. Number two. <coughs> well, I can just tell you the one that I enjoyed the most of Black Widow, Shang Chi, and Eternals. The one I enjoyed the most was Shang Chi. I just thought it was really fun. I thought it was well done. It it, it probably was the one I had the going in had the least expectation of what it was going to be and how good it was going to be. And I really enjoyed it. It's the one that I want to see again the most. Awesome. Uh, I, I totally get the Shang-Chi pick. I do. And, um, and I really liked it. And there's a part of me that wants to say that's my second as well, but I'm going, man, I'm going the Eternals. <laughs> And that's saying I I loved Black Widow too. I thought Black Widow is super underrated, but I love the I think the Eternals is new, it's different, and it's very unmarvel, which is one of the reasons I like it so much. Wow. Um, but of those four, it was so different and so captivating and so interesting to me, and I was getting to know new characters. Um, I'm gonna say the Eternals is number two. Um, so you're okay. So yeah. This I, review, so you're saying. If we were all together right now, we had Disney Plus on, but the only three things we could watch were Black Widow, Eternals, and Shang-Chi, and you're saying and you're clicking Eternals. Yeah, I'm clicking Eternals. Wow. That's so Yeah, I mean I that's the thing. I know, one of the reasons is I know I kind of know the Black Widow story. Yeah. It was good, it was entertaining, yeah. but there's nothing in that movie I feel like I need to go back and get again. Yeah. Um, Shang-Chi there is I would has a lot of I think Shang-Chi has a lot of rewatchability matter of fact I have seen that several times my kids watch that a lot mm -hmm. um, and it's really good and creative and it's different but man the Eternals is just I, I think going to be key to the future of the MCU and um, yeah. and I also I love and appreciate it's 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 outlier it's being different it's an outlier it's um it's got a different tone it's it's very unmarvel, like I said, and I think that's fun. That's different and interesting to me. And I think there's a lot there. There's a lot of layers to peel back on it. Yeah, I think yeah, I think we're gonna be getting a lot of flashbacks. I think there's a I would agree that there's a lot in Eternals that we understood, but there's gonna be a lot more 
that we're probably going to be in future movies. We're going to be like, oh, okay, that makes more sense now, or this is from that. You know, I think that there's going to be a lot from that for sure. But I was detecting in your in your feedback on that question that you you probably are not y'all would not be like Eternals is definitely not top so the two. Thing about we, Eternals for me, we've talked about it for a little bit. I, I liked Eternals again. Like if you put um, if you put Eternals next to any movie that's not Marvel, I'm probably still going to pick Eternals just because I'm a Marvel fan. And I still think it's I mean it's great quality. Um, the the problem again that I just have with Eternals and. It's just because I didn't feel uh, emotionally attached. I didn't really care about the characters um, like I do with literally every other Marvel movie, um, which, again, still a great movie, and it was such a hard project because you, you're introducing so many characters mm-hmm. with only so much time. Um, but that's why, for me, it's not. it wouldn't be the, the top of my list, for sure. All right, so what's no, number two? Shang-Chi for, for, um, for David, me, the Eternals. J.D., what's oh, your number so two? so fun because I'm going to say Black Widow. So we're getting a little <laughs> bit all okay. around. And honestly, it, if you would have asked me right when they all came out, um, I probably would have said Shang-Chi as my second one under Spider-Man. Um, but the more I think about it and the more I kind of like watch bits and pieces, um, again, we all have kind of different things that we love about movies and why we would rewatch a movie. And I think really for me, it's, it really is nostalgic and, uh, just having that feeling of like recognizing a character and really like rooting for that character. And I think that's why Captain America is, is my favorite, um, Marvel kind of franchise character. Um, that was because he was the first Marvel movie. The first Avenger was the first one I really got into and started to watch. So when his movies came around and when his, when his scenes were on in the big movies, I got really excited. So I think that is why now I would say Black Widow. And if and if I was watching Disney Plus and had to watch a movie, I would say Black Widow. Um, merely because I love this character and I really got to see her story and I really got to see um, – and I love Florence Pugh. And I thought she did a great job. I thought it was hilarious. There's a lot of moments that I laughed. Um, and it was great. But, again, Shang-Chi, I loved Aquafina. I thought she was great. And Eternals definitely had its thing. All are pretty good movies, but – I think Black Widow, I would say, is my favorite. If I had to watch one, is what I'd watch. So we got all three different ones there. And again, like, I, I mean, this is the thing about this podcast. We're not ripping things to shreds, typically. It's all, like, what we what we like the most, yeah. not really what we don't like. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I think that's awesome. Those, that's a good question. Yeah. And very interesting takes from, from you guys. Yeah. So to follow that up, um, the next question is we're going to talk about your favorite Marvel TV series, so show. So you've got Loki. I mean, we've had, I mean, the probably the best year of Marvel shows ever because you've got Loki, you have WandaVision, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, uh, What If, and Hawkeye, right? Is that that I get them all? Mm-hmm. So that was all of them. Um, so I want to hear both of your number ones, and I'm really interested to hear this because it's something we've talked about a lot, but we've never said our favorite. So I'm really interested to hear what you guys have to say. I'll let you guys. All right, go ahead, Dave. You go first. <laughs> I went first last well, time. First this time. Oh gosh, I don't know. Hold up. Okay, so I'll, I'll go first. I mean, I know mine. If you want me to, yeah. I know. Let me, like, let me think a little bit, and you go ahead. Okay, um, for me, Wandavision. Okay. Um, Wandavision to me was kind of TV. Not step aside that it touches in all those eras of television and was very hit the nostalgic buttons for a lot of different reasons. Um, 
I love one of my all-time favorite shows is Lost, and I love the mystery. I love not knowing what's going on and having it unveiled in a creative way. And WandaVision kind of hit those buttons. It, it was like, what what is happening and why is this happening? And even at the end, there's so much potential for where this could go and what this could do. And even getting to know the Scarlet Witch character and what her powers are and why she's important and how she fit into the last part and how she's going to fit into the next part. There's so much there. The cast is fantastic. Uh, Paul Bettany is, I think, one of the, you know one of the greatest actors in the world who um, does a great job with 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 a vision. And um, it's, a, it's an intricate part of that. And now we see with with the new Spider-Man, how with the new Doctor Strange, how she's going to be involved in this multiverse stuff. And and um, I'm really excited. So, yeah, I, I think far and away, I wouldn't say far and away. I loved all of yeah. them. But I think if I were rewatching something tonight, WandaVision would be first. Yeah, yeah that's good. Are you ready? Or I can go. I think. I think my favorite, and it kind of goes off exactly what you're saying, but kind of a different perspective. It's, I would say my favorite was Loki, um, and that would be because, number one, it just felt like the highest quality to me. Like It feels like I was almost watching a Marvel movie every week when watching it. It also felt um, the most impactful on the Marvel Universe, especially that last episode um, when you start looking at like this King the Conqueror uh, character and what's going to happen and i think it's going to pair really well with um the multiverse and i'm still wondering how that what the next scene is after that final episode is, is going to look like um but again i love tom hiddleston um i love owen wilson uh they were a fun duo mm-hmm. i thought they, great. i thought they were very creative in getting owen wilson to be on the show because that's not a pair that i would think about at first but it worked really well um, and I really liked, again, when you talk about nostalgia, I keep talking about nostalgia. That first episode was so fun to kind of get a, a glimpse at that first Avengers movie. Um, was really, yeah. was really cool. Um, so that's why Loki would be my number one. Man, this is really tough. Uh, I'm really enjoying Hawkeye. I've got a, I haven't finished Hawkeye. I've got another, another episode left, but I've enjoyed that. I think, I think my number one. I have to agree with Dustin. I think I would go with WandaVision. One, it just, every every episode felt fresh, and there was never a, oh, I wish, that, I, I remember enjoying every bit of it and not not looking like, oh, I wish they had done this or that. And I, was, I could, not that I have a ton of that in these other shows, but that maybe there might be one or two times I wanted it, something else to happen. So for that for that sake, I think I would go with WandaVision as, as the one I enjoyed the most overall. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. I think all these shows were just so great. I mean, I could talk, oh, yeah. I could talk about Hawkeye all day. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's been such a good show, and it, yeah. it fires me up because nobody was talking about it again. There were so many people who didn't even know it was going to come out this year or it was going to be a show, and it's right up there. I mean, it's been so good. Yeah. I've enjoyed watching it every week so much. Yeah, I, I, Loki and and Hawkeye, I've really enjoyed them as well. And well, I mean, one division. The the crazy part is it feels I really can't believe it's been almost a year. I, I and I haven't I, I haven't yeah. rewatched it because there's been so much else to watch that I haven't had time to go back. But I really want to go back and see see it again. Um, I love the way they they worked in the TV shows. I love the mystery. I love the final. Uh, the plot twist of you know what was going on and uh, a lot of fun there so yeah all all good all good yeah all right so for this next question we get two more questions um this next we're going to kind of move away from marvel and we're just going to say 
I'm going to ask you guys, what is your favorite content this year that is purely Disney? It's not a partnership with anybody else. Um, animation or live action, you've got Cruella. Um, read mm. that list off real quick. Well, that's a little bit tougher. Maybe we ought to split it into animation and live action. Well, how many live actions do we have besides Cruella? Uh, Cruella and Cruella and Jungle Cruise. Okay, so uh, that's why I think we might. So, what would be the whole list with Cruella, Jungle Cruise, and the animation? The, the Raya and the Last Dragon, Luca, the Pixar film, uh, and Encanto. Okay, so do we want to do? I need, I need my kids because. The only thing I've seen on that any of that list is the Jungle Cruise, oh, which I liked. Okay, well let's just talk. Well, I like the Jungle let's Cruise. Let's just talk about Jungle Cruise for a little bit, and then me and Dad we can talk about um. Cruella. Well, I'm just gonna say my top is Jungle Cruise yeah, I, by default, but I loved it. It was great. I'd probably pick it first anyway. What did you like about? It? I haven't seen Luca yet. I really want to see. I want to see all the Luca. I want to see Luca so bad. And Ryan the Last Dragon. My kids have seen all these. I should ask them. Yeah. But Jungle Cruise I thought was awesome. How they mm -hmm. um. I love the Rock. Um, I, I thought it was very, you know, um, nostalgic. It kind of pulled on those old Goonies, you know, caper kind of things. And, um, it, it pushed all those buttons in all the right ways. And I thought it was great. Yeah. And I loved it. Yeah. Yeah. It was really good. Um, what would you think? About it? I think of the, of the two live action, uh, Jungle Cruise was my favorite over Cruella. They're, to me, they're kind of different. Now I did think that, uh, I thought Emma Stone and Emma Thompson, and Cruella were amazing. Yeah. Emma, 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 I expected Emma uh, Stone to be great as Cruella, but Emma Thompson as her character I mean, was pretty pretty amazing. And and that that story that even that version has uh, a lot of plot unexpected things. I think that for me the Cruella is just so it's not it's just completely a new movie. They, it's called Cruella, but it has very little to do with yeah. It has really nothing to do with with the with the character we've all known. So yeah. it's not even a reworking. It's a it's just a new character with the same name to me. Uh, and so Black uh, Jungle Cruise, I think for that for that reason, has a lot more nostalgia. Has a lot more just connected with it a little bit more. It, the ride. Um, I'm, I'm excited that they they created a movie that can be a franchise. They could do part two. That's that, of course I think Cruella Two is coming also, but I think that the Jungle Cruise could be a really fun franchise. It, it, it's epic without having to be like Pirates, which was just it had to get it was like everybody wanted to get bigger and bigger. This is kind of a different thing because right. it has a it's just a less uh, the scale the scale is is manageable to repeat. Yeah, it's actually a really interesting move by Disney um, because. For years, Disney and you know Disney World and all the parks, they've got this interesting kind of wrap on them because they've got so many rides that aren't IP based. I mean, you've got like Thunder Mountain, you've got Jungle Cruise, Haunted Mansion, Space Mountain, Space Mountain, Tower of Terror, these huge, um, well-known rides, but there's no movie behind it. So people have always been like, are they mm. going to change it? Are they going to retheme it? And Disney was like, I guess Disney's just said. Instead of retheming the rides, we're just going to create movies about the rides, which is kind of fun. And I, yeah. I kind of, yeah. I would definitely prefer that over them changing these, you know, awesome rides. I, I mean, I like them. Well, they've got to do it well too, because they did the Tomorrowland thing. Right. And, um, and there was a Haunted Mansion movie, and there was a uh, right. Tower of Terror movie that was like a, you know, twenty years ago, uh, low budget film of the on yeah. that on that ride. 
I don't remember the Tower of Terror yeah, movie, Steve but um, I definitely <laughs> was the. I definitely remember the Tomorrowland, yeah, Tomorrowland. Um, thing, and I don't think that was a huge like smash or anything like that. Yeah, I'm optimistic. I've seen with this. I've been watching some of the casting and some of the casting predictions. Um, I've seen, you know, of course, uh, there's a lot of news with the. I think is it Tower the the Tower of Terror movie is going to be Scarlett Johansson, right? I think so. Yeah, I mean, so it's just it's encouraging to hear some some of these big names thrown around with these, you know, movies because it's hopeful that you know they're going to be good quality, you know. So I'm excited. So Black Widow is going to be in another Disney movie. So, yeah, is that what you're saying? So they must have got over their little uh, spat well, there. I think that's, yeah. They're going to pay the woman. It seems like they. I mean, it seems like they're on good terms. Everything I've read, I mean, she got a lot of the money that she wanted, ah. and this should be on. It's all business, right? Yeah. It's all business. Nothing personal. <laughs> just give me my money is what she's saying. I'm Black Widow. This don't exist without me. Yeah. She's worth it. They need to pay her. Yeah. Yeah. So we've got Cruella. Um, it was great. It was another kind of interesting take, kind of like Maleficent, if you guys have seen that. Is that your top one, J.D.? I would say Jungle Cruise. I mean, again. I, I, Jungle I, Cruise. So we're all agreement. Yeah. Jungle Cruise is the best Disney product. Mm-hmm. So even though I haven't seen the others, you guys are in agreement with yeah, me. I, I, so I, mean, I saw the right one. One thing that's interesting on both of these two is I saw them both on Disney+. Plus. We did not see these mm-hmm. two in the theaters uh, yet. So uh, Eternals was the first thing I saw in the theater, and that was in November of this year. Us too. Uh, so I saw all of them, but uh, I wonder, you know, in the theater, if the experience would have been, if Jungle Cruise with a crowd of people would have been even better, like, like for me, Spider Man was because I enjoyed the crowd. But, but I thought they were both good, and uh, I'm looking forward to the part twos and seeing seeing some more from that. So then the the others uh, this year, the animated movies. Disney had Raya and the Last Dragon and Encanto and Pixar had Luca. So we had three animated. So you've not seen any three of those yet? No, I'm embarrassed to say. No, that's all right. They've all come out really recently. I only watched Encanto, um, I think, two nights ago. Yeah. Um, But just to follow that up, I would actually say Encanto is my favorite from that list, um, which is surprising to me because from the preview, I wasn't excited about it. Um, I wasn't really pumped up to see it i wasn't you know gonna want to watch it the first couple nights i was in the theater but watched it a couple nights ago and it really surprised me the plot was really intriguing um the soundtrack which is what really drew me in it's lin-manuel um a really fun watch uh ray and the last dragon was was pretty good i enjoyed it um and all the other animations were pretty good um but encanto just felt such like a high quality like you expect from a disney a Disney movie. Mm-hmm. There, these these three movies were very different, uh, and I and I think it's really interesting that you haven't seen them because you've got four boys. I don't. I don't. Know. They've seen them. They've seen all three. No, they haven't seen Encanto. So we've got a family night coming. They've seen the other two without. See, that's what happens yeah. if they see it without me. Then I never really get a you know chance to well, I'll tell you catch what, up. Uh, uh, on Encanto, which I think is I think is my favorite of the three, and I. This was a hard year again. They were all spread out so far. Uh, I liked every. I liked them all fine when I saw them. None, none felt like oh, this was the greatest that I've ever seen. Uh, but I liked them all a lot. But when I went back and we watched as a family, we watched Encanto, and it was the second time I had seen it. Uh, I appreciated it. It it went up a level. Uh, one, if you watch it, 
and you don't speak Spanish, you should put the subtitles on because there is a lot of there's a lot of music in Spanish that pertains to the story, and I missed it. Like I I didn't know uh, what the lyrics were when that went behind the scenes, and so there were things like that that and and that Lin Manuel Miranda's lyrics are so good that they go by so fast that you sometimes miss the content because there's so hmm. much. Uh, one thing about it, that's a great tip. That Thanks. one of my, one of my daughters said was she referred to it as uh, an ensemble piece. And it's not, it feels very Broadway for that. Like I think every character has a song at some point, everybody sings. And it's like, it's like the, the music really never stops, which is very different. So if that's not your thing, you might not like this, this movie. And I've seen some people score uh, on other uh, websites, score the movies this year, and Encanto might have been a lot lower. I think it's because they're just not fans of musicals. This, is, this was a very different thing that I thought that I would like, uh, but I really, I really did like it. I thought, uh, I think next on my list would be Raya. I went back after Encanto and even watched Raya again. I, I skipped through a little bit, but I had to go back and remember, uh, you know, what, some things about. I mean, the the action in Raya is pretty amazing, and the art, the artistry in both of these. I, if, if as a dad of college students, I mean, I've grown up with Disney from the very beginning, the oldest Disney things, and there's beautiful art back then. But what they're able to do now just with computer animation, the backgrounds, the water. I mean, the, the fact that they can have a ca an ensemble cast of 15 characters that all sing mm. is pretty amazing. You couldn't really you couldn't really do that 50 years ago. That's why, I mean, if you go back and look at the, the cast size of, of a movie 50 years ago, there may be five to 10 characters. And now we have these huge crowd scenes and, you know, the whole town, and in Encanto, the whole town, is a part of the the movie, and so you've just got hundreds of characters in this movie, which you know that's that's pretty epic to see. Uh, as far as Luca, uh, I went back and, re and refreshed that one as well. It's it's good. I think it's a fun movie. There's 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 a lot of things that I really like about it. But of the three, there were there were a few times that I was like, uh, you know, it just wasn't as creative to me. Um, but I, I I still liked it. I still liked it. They're just it did not. It did not feel as as epic as the other two. Mm. Yes. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. All again, <coughs> Dustin, you hit it on the head earlier when you said we're not bashing anything. We're just basically saying which we liked more of all the the good shows and movies. So yeah. everything's been great. I mean, I think we'd be honest if we hated something. We'd tell you, but uh, we didn't hate anything. We like there's nothing to hate. Yeah. It's all been pretty pretty good. I would, I would say the the closest thing to hating, at least I've had. I mean, of course, I would, wouldn't say I hated it. Um, was probably the the, the new Home Alone movie. Uh, <laughs> okay. Was, uh, you know, I, I'm a actually I would probably say some of the the OG one and two Home Alones might honestly be my favorite Christmas movie. So if you're gonna put Home Alone on, if you're gonna put that title on something, it's got to be great. And I thought it was. Yep. I thought it was kind of cringy, and uh, some of the jokes, um, I was kind of like, I think they, I think they kind of got mixed up with who the target audience is. You know, when you're kind of going on that a classic like that, you don't really know who you're speaking to, and I think they kind of got lost yeah. in that with some of the 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 humor. 
Yeah, it was. Yeah, my, my kids saw it. I did not see it. Did you see it, David? I did. It definitely felt uh, both the both the Disney Plus movies. I think there were only really two originals this year that are movies, not TV series. Was was Home Sweet Home Alone, and there was another called Flora and Ulysses, again based on a, a children's book. I think they were both good. It's that if you don't have kids in that demographic, it's probably not something you're going to watch just by yourself. They feel geared towards. I think this other movie, Ron's uh, Ron's Gone Wrong, that that Disney owns that came out. It also felt like if you have kids in elementary to middle school. Uh, it's it's the the Disney Channel demographic. Your 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 family's probably going to really enjoy it, and you're going to connect with it because your kids are going to enjoy it. But if you don't have someone in that demographic, it may be a little uh, it may be a little yeah less than what you're expecting. Well, if there's <laughs> any indication, it can be just really elementary. You know, it's like the gotcha. things that happen that look the slapstick, Home Alone humor. Uh, can can get a little bit old if you if you don't have kids involved. Yeah, and the thing is, I mean, I mean, there's been a lot of movies like that that have young humor or kid humor, and it's still kind of funny to an older crowd um, because it is. I mean, it's still just funny how it's young, you know. Right. But I think why I thought it was cringy were there were just a couple of like, uh, I don't know, it was just a weird chemistry between the actors and actresses, and there were like some pop culture references and you know some like social media things like that, and it was just like. What are you guys doing? Like, this is just a Home Alone, you know, it's supposed to be just like kind of a classic. And then at the end, at the end, Dustin, I would really encourage you to watch it because I want to hear what you think about the ending. Um, it's just really interesting how it resolves. I mean, of course, it's Home Alone, so there's chaos, and it just, it's like crazy chaos. And then it's like, oh, okay, it's Christmas, like we're all good again. And it's like, what just happened? So, <laughs> anyways, we can talk about it more once more people have probably watched it. I don't want to like this, say any spoilers like that. Well, this this might be a spoiler. So, if <laughs> if uh, if you haven't seen it yet and you you, you don't want it to be spoiled, you might not want to list, watch. No, no, no. You can tell me. I will. I'll probably watch it at some point, but not till next Christmas. And you don't want to know what's going to happen. But this, the premise of this, it, it was was hard for me to grab a hold on because in the original home alone, which I was, I was, I don't remember when that movie actually came out, but I, I was a young adult when home alone came out. So I didn't see it at the theaters. I might've been a teenager. I'm not exactly sure. Uh, when I, when I, as a parent, when our, we, our, we had kids, it was one of those movies that you really not sure you want your kid to see at to a certain point because you don't want yep. them to pick up that behavior. You don't want them to think certain behaviors are okay. Uh, and it and it and you when you have kids you're trying to process like how are how are they processing this? Home Alone, the originals, the bad guys are are very slapstick and it's very not they're 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 evil but they're goofy, but they're obviously villains. I mean they're trying to they're trying to steal. They are bad. They are trying to break in this boy's house. In this movie, they are not they're not trying they they actually I don't want to give it away, but they're convinced that he has taken something of theirs that they're trying to get back. And so it's a, you already lost me, man. Like I'm yeah, out. It's a, uh, they're desperate and there's a reason they're desperate, but they're not, they're not criminals. Yeah. They're not the two guys. I can't remember to the name. From yeah. Home but home. to summarize it, it's basically kind of like, usually you would be kind of pulling for the kid. 
But in this movie, yeah. you don't you're not really pulling for the kid because you understand what's what the these criminals or whatever the people trying to get into the house why they're doing it. You can kind of relate to them to a certain extent. So I think that's where some of the frustration for me was. It's like I don't I don't like I don't feel bad for this kid. I don't want them to really succeed as much as the originals you do. And they 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 try to fix it so you understand. He it's just a big misunderstanding that he doesn't understand why they're after him. But at the same time, you're going. They they just want their they want their property back, and he's like throwing paint cans and he's setting them on fire and it, and it's like huh. and it's kind of interesting seeing a female character just get annihilated annihilated <laughs> this scene to guys that are supposed to be slapstick con men you know it's just different it was like ow well I don't know what I thought of. that cast it, it was like, the home alone was such a, a, a unique cultural moment um, and if it tells you anything, my kids did watch the new Home Alone um, and then proceeded to the rest of the Christmas season, watch the original Home Alone over and over and over. Um, so that, if that tells you anything. Yeah. And, and, and I think it does what you're, I'm picking up on. There, and this does a lot of these remakes. Some of these movies like Home Alone, I'm not sure it could be made again today. Just the, the, the cultural yeah. climate has changed where no one can be bad everybody's got to be a reason people are like this. We got to explore the social underpinnings of let's just make a movie, you know, and you're right. It was not, you know, back in the, I think it was 91 or 92, maybe 90 when that came out or like earliest nineties. I think I was in middle school. It might've been like 89, somewhere in that era right there. And um, yeah, there was, it was the dysfunctional family that was, that was wealthy. They, I mean, the premise, they forget their kid on vacation, but the way they set it up is like not totally implausible. Right. And then this kid's defending their house and learning lessons along the way. Right. And it was just such a masterpiece and it came out of nowhere too. No one, I, I remember going to see that movie and thinking, I didn't even really want to go see it. My dad was dragging me to it. Well, it was movie night, Christmas, let's go see a movie and just leaving like in tears, just laughing. It was incredible. And um, to, to, if you're going to touch on that magic again, you know, I think you better come with uh, guns blazing. Now, like you said, maybe it's just a different demographic. It was straight to Disney Plus. It wasn't a theatrical release. And usually those are, you know, a little lower budget and, and that kind of thing. But, yeah, yeah I, I missed it and probably won't unless it's on in the background. Yeah. You know, sure. take yeah. at two hours out of my day to check that out. All righty. So just to wrap everything up with that, we've got one more question. One more question to kind of wrap up with this right. year. Yeah. Of, of good cinema, of good shows, uh, of Disney+. Plus. Um, I can go first on this one because I know it's not something you, you maybe have thought about. But the question is, what is the most underrated to you Disney content mm. that has been released this year? So I can go first. Okay. Um, for me, and I've been looking for any excuse to talk about it because I, I really do think it's really good, uh, really good content. And it's Star Wars Visions. I've talked about it a little bit. Um, it was re- released on Disney+. Plus. And the reason that I'm talking about it and the reason that I kind of like it so much is well, I-, I love Star Wars, first of all. I I've, I've grew up watching Star Wars, and again, it's nostalgic. But the thing that's great about it is there's been a lot of Star Wars shows. Um, you know, They've done a lot of things through the years with animation and stuff like that. Um, but the reason I liked it was because I think they did nine shows 
Um, none of them are par- a parallel. Like, they're not the same characters in every show. But there's so many lightsaber battles in it, and it's such a fun type of animation um, and storytelling. I would really encourage um, any Star Wars fan or any, you know, fan of a good show or just wants to try something new to give it a shot because I was I almost didn't even watch it, and I really started to enjoy it. And I haven't heard a lot of people talking about it, and that's why I think it's so underrated is because, um, you know, I watch Disney news and listen to a lot and no one's really been talking about it. Um, and I really thought it was fun and it was cool to watch. And just so many, it's kind of like what if almost, but star Wars. Um, but it, it's not really characters, you know, it, it kind of explores okay. the, okay. um, Sith and Jedi relationship, um, through different kind of centuries and years. Um, so it, it's super cool to, to watch that kind of battle go. Well, well I'm forth. glad that's a great I, I can't wait to watch I haven't seen it yet and that description makes me want to check that yeah. out ASAP and so her, dude that's cool one thing for again for anybody who's listening and for you Dustin um, there's a couple episodes that are kind of like okay this is weird I would say there's probably one or two I think it might be like episode four it was one that was kind of like there's like a band episode where like there's like this Jedi who's like in a band and it's like what in the world but so <laughs> watch the whole season if you can because some I mean they're all just so different you know so, yeah, yeah. One thing that I, I, I and I, I'm so glad you've watched that. I really want to go check it out because I've missed that. Uh, one other thing that I, I like the What If series. Haven't finished that yet. I, I just enjoyed the a little bit more Marvel, and I could watch it at home. But I think one of my other favorite things that I haven't heard anybody really talk a lot about because I like this kind of thing. Was they did this series called Adventure. They did a, it was like a, a show. It was just one show called Adventures Through the Walt Disney Archives, where Don Hahn, who was the hmm. uh, one of the men behind Beauty and the Beast and so many of the classics of the 90s, goes to the Disney Archives, and they just show all these great things that they have in the Disney Archives, from ride vehicles to pr- fa- uh, famous props to Walt's office, uh, that which has been fully recreated in their building. You can go and take a tour of Walt Disney's office and see it exactly the way he left it. Uh, that was a really fun That's show. Super cool. It kind of reminded me of the, 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 the show, The Imagineering uh, show that came out with Disney Plus. And I, I've, I've really wanted more of that. Like every, every six months, I want something that's a little more history-based and more uh, deep fan-based that's less about the movies and just more about the history of the parks and the, uh, the, the movies and, and all of that. I want, I want more. And that, there was another series that Come was um, be, beyond the yeah, attraction, behind, behind the attraction, the attraction. That, yeah. that Dwayne Johnson also was uh, one of the producers of. I think there's going to be a second series of that. I think that came out this year as well. I yeah, missed that I when I was making the list. Yeah, I want more of that. That was fantastic. Both of those, this this show is kind of like the through the through the art. They go to Walt's first house that's still standing that you can see the. Um, where he took all these iconic photos, you can see the place where he where he was standing and how they did it. So it's a lot of fun, and uh, you know you just don't get to see a lot of that stuff on on. You, you can read about it in books and things, but it was great that they finally did a series where you could see the house, see the office, see all these great props that they pull out that you've never seen before. The orig- they had they show the document where he. Uh, the first thing he signs in 1923 when they they officially start the company. Uh, so it's a lot of fun. That's a lot cool. of fun. If you love Disney trivia, love Disney history, it was a good show. Not too long. Actually, it's only about an hour long. That's really cool. It's, it's, so it's real watchable. 
I want to check that out too. That's fantastic. Hey, what do you think? Uh, if I were go gonna, you go. no, what no, no, go first. Ahead. This is this is something else. You go first. Oh, I was going to tell my underrated, yeah. and I was going to actually going through my mind while you were talking. I was thinking well, behind the attractions, but since we already touched on that, I'm just going to throw out Hawkeye. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't see. I, it didn't feel like. It, I mean, everything Marvel does is good. You expected it to be good, but it, it kind of surpassed expectations. And I still think it's not on everybody's radar. And I also love love the integration from Star from both Spider Man and Hawkeye with um, um, Kingpin mm-hmm. and uh, Matt Murdock. Wow. And Daredevil and all of those those bad guys kind of entering into the MCU. Um, I'm telling you right now, I don't want to spoil anything. Um, if you haven't seen Hawkeye, because it's underrated, and, you, and chances are maybe you have not. But I actually do think this is all I'm going to say. I do think Kingpin is a big part of what's what's coming. Mm-hmm. And um, if you've any if you've read it in any of the comic books, you know that he's incredibly resilient character. Mm-hmm. And um, and uh, the way some that's all I'm going to say about it. But uh, I, I really, really um, think Hawkeye was was incredibly underrated. Those characters were fantastic. They paid great homage to, um, I think, comic book and some of the MCU and prior that um, the way they, they kind of the tribute to um, Black Widow and 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 her sister and how she gets involved and even that musical man was kind of kind of goofy and kind of gives you a glimpse into the world after you know um avengers endgame and kind of what we it would be like like a memorial to i mean even in spider-man you had the statue of liberty with a captain america shield right Mm -hmm. um it's pretty pretty remarkable and you if that really took place it would of course that would be what we would Mm do um and i think all that's pretty fascinating so i'm gonna say my underrated um media moment of the of the year is is hawkeye um and maybe that's not the best one but i'm gonna go with i'm sticking with that it's a great show and just i mean you talk about black widow and you know black widow's given so much to the mcu and to get her own movie i mean it's the same for hawkeye i mean he's given so much to this marvel universe i mean he deserves his own show and i mean and it was great and it's been great yeah i really have enjoyed seeing more of that character and more uh the, the shooting, the action that's all focused on his, on him. Cause it's just been, you know, yeah. he's been a more of a supportive player in the, in the, in the movies for me. Yeah. Hey, one thing I wanted to add, and this was, this was just going back to what we were talking about before with the, with the animated movies this year, I just looked it all up on Rotten Tomatoes as, as of today, when we're recording the audience favorite of those three animated movies uh, with a score of 93 mm-hmm. is Encanto. Uh, the critics give a little bit more uh, favoritism to Raya, and then audience and critics put Luca third. So I thought that was kind of what we were talking about a second okay. ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of split on Raya and Encanto with Luca mm-hmm. falling a little bit behind those two. But both, all three have all three have, have high scores, whereas Home Alone has a critical mm-hmm. score of sixteen and an audience rating of twelve. Cool. <laughs> that- Okay, so they're we're kind of in lockstep. So, with them. Yeah, it's not uh, not good. And you know, I always feel bad uh, when 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 movies are don't score well and there are kids as the lead. I just feel <laughs> my heart goes out to the guys. Like when we saw Artemis, when we reviewed Artemis Fowl, and the movie just didn't do well, but the the it, the kid did a good job. Uh, it's just kind of the yep. rest of the the rest of the 
whole didn't live up to the rest of the, the show. Hmm. Yeah. That was awesome, guys. That was a lot of fun. Those are all my questions. Yeah. That was yeah. a lot of fun to hear y'all's insight and perspective. Well, now we are about to hit or hit in, into 2022, and there's a lot of new comment, a lot of new content, a lot of new movies coming out in 2022. Yeah, we'll have to do an episode on what we're most looking forward yeah. to. Um, we got a few things coming at you, but man, thank you guys for sticking with us this year. And and I mean, we just we've been we're a month into season two, but we're rolling on each week. And we thank you for joining the ride with us. And that's why we love Disney. All kinds of new things to talk about. It, they're hitting us left and right with incredible content from Marvel to Star Wars, from Pixar to now Fox and other things. Um, there's always something to talk about. And we would love to know what your takes are on these movies. What were your favorite TV shows? What were your favorite movies this year? Um, let us know. You can contact us at whyilovedisney.com. And through there, there's an Instagram and there's a Twitter. Find us all. Also, if you would share an episode, if you enjoyed it, Give us a five-star review on whatever platform you listen on. We appreciate you. We thank you. We value your time and can't wait to be back here again next week. Guys, if I don't see you before then, Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year. Thank you.